Backfield boys, alright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Backfield Boys. This is yours truly, Brendan. As always, I'm joined by Lucas and Jackson. We're going to be recapping the draft today. Now, this was one of the most wild, iconic drafts of all time. We saw so many trades. At one point, three straight trades up, getting receivers, getting star defensive players. It was wild, guys. Pretty much everything with quarterbacks, bro. Yeah, yeah. except for my Steelers. You know, We're going to get to that in a little bit. Not quite yet. But Pickett was the only quarterback selected before the third round. And then we finally saw some of the guys start to fall, such as Desmond Ritter to your Falcons, Lucas. We saw Malik Willis go to the Titans. And he might do well there, but Ryan Tannehill's not going to be helping him at all. No. Yeah, that's no, such he says, a stupid comment. He says, not my job. Like He, he could have just said anything else that would have just been somewhat nice. But, no, oh, okay. He just said, you know, I'm excited to have him. You know, I don't really understand what his comment – did, none of it made sense. Like, you know, it, it I felt got salt, like salty. Aaron Rodgers, like, upset over the uh, Jordan Love, like that caliber of player. But, like, Ryan Tannehill – like, okay, you remember, like, Phillip Rivers went to the Colts his yeah. last year? Ryan Tannehill is not good enough to have that type of – you know, a last chance run. Like when he's out of Tennessee, I highly doubt he's going to be a starting quarterback on a competitive team. Like it's just not going to work out for him like that. He's going to be a backup or something. Like why are you showing that you're so unwilling to help mentor other players? Like that's how a lot of those guys stay in the league so long. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing, too, honestly, because when he made the comment, it kind of struck me like, okay, the Aaron Rodgers point's great because from Aaron Rodgers' perspective, you're a top-five quarterback, arguably at the time the best quarterback in the league, and your team, when you need wide receivers now, you need another weapon. You could use, at the time, I mean, they got running backs, but you could use a tight end, could have used a wide receiver to help out Devontae, and they spend a first-round pick on Jordan Love basically saying Aaron Rodgers – excuse me, you only have two or three years left. Now, obviously, that wasn't the case. Aaron Rodgers ended up going back to his early 2010s MVP form. You know, he was and is still the man. And we don't know what's going to happen to Jordan Love. They'll probably end up moving on from him, I would think, because they've obviously re-signed Aaron. But looking at it from Ryan Tannehill's perspective, this was a third-round draft pick. Third-round draft picks, he might not even ever play. I mean, he was a guy they got on a flyer because they believe in his talent and they know that Ryan Tannehill had a bad season last year. Now, if he was coming off his season before that or his 2019 season where he balled out, I could understand him being a little bit salty. But when you go out there and you underperform and it's a third-round draft pick, obviously you want to mentor the kid because Malik Willis is a great guy. I mean, nobody that's been around Malik Willis in the draft process thinks that he has any character issues whatsoever. He's very giving. He's a very good leader, a team camaraderie guy. It's just crazy to me that someone like Brian Tannehill, who has a similar reputation, would be so selfish and kind of making a fool of himself for the entire sports world to see because every single reaction I've seen to it has been overwhelmingly negative. Yeah, I'm curious, like last year – when uh, I can't think of his name, bro. Dude out of Texas A and M went to Minnesota. Kellen Mond. Yeah, like 
that was kind of a similar situation. What did Kirk say about that? Um, like, he he was pretty much uh, from what I remember, he was pretty much quiet. I mean, Kirk didn't really make any like positive comments or negative comments. You know, he he's been pretty cool to Kellen Mon because obviously, you know, we've seen a lot of times in recent years where guys are getting toward not the end of their career, but the end of their tenure with a certain team where a team like Minnesota, like Tennessee is looking for that younger option because and like Kirk went out and played good last year and they gave him a couple more years. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it is with Tannehill. You know, if Tannehill goes out there and plays like the 2020 Ryan Tannehill, I guarantee you they're going to give him, they're going to keep him around. But if he fails to perform, I think Ryan Tannehill could be on his way out because they gave him money. And when they paid him, his play has dipped tremendously. So I feel like once he got that money, maybe that drive wasn't there. Maybe the passion wasn't there. But I definitely saw a different Ryan Tannehill this season than I did in the past, too. Because a lot of people don't realize in 2019 and 2020, he had the second best QBR in the entire NFL behind Patrick Mahomes, that two-year stretch. Now, he didn't play a full two years. It was more like a season and a half because 2019, he was only in Tennessee for half that year. But still, when you think about it, that is an incredible feat. I mean, being able to say you were second in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes, who to everyone is a top three quarterback in the NFL, I feel like that speaks for itself. And him having such a downward spiral this season was concerning. But we have seen guys have one bad year and then rebound. So I think Tannehill still has potential, but his mindset is definitely not in the right place. I don't even know if it's just passion. I feel like it's just like his he's he's getting older and he's never really like like a lot like he's from the draft class with Wilson, Luck and RG3. And like you know three out of those four guys are pretty much, you know, not superstar quarterbacks or anything and are retired or you know this that or the other. And you know Ryan Tannehill his history outside of those two seasons really wasn't that awesome. He's, you know, kind of been dealing with just some injuries here and there. And then he finally caught on in Tennessee. And then Arthur Smith left and Derrick Henry was hurt a lot of last year. And, you know, maybe Derrick Henry shored up a lot of issues that Ryan Tannehill, like just made his life easier, you know? And you I know, mean, he's kind of like the AFC version of Garoppolo in a way. Yeah, no, that's I mean, a good, if, that's you, a good comparison. if you have a good supporting cast around him, you can go get the one seed in the in the like tougher division or tougher conference. But so saying they really didn't because they didn't even have Derrick Henry. Uh, Julio was out a lot of the year. He, I mean, I know the defense had a lot to do with it. He got them there. Jimmy G got them to an NFC championship. You know, I last year i mean he's obviously he's got him to a super bowl too that's an interesting situation because i still don't know what they're going to do there i was just about to say that because there are a lot of teams reportedly really concerned about his um shoulder and i don't really know if he or bay i would assume it's baker but looking at baker and um jimmy right now one of them might be stuck for the season because obviously the Browns are trying to move Baker, but they don't want to cut him. No one wants to trade for him. And looking at Jimmy G, if you're the 49ers, if you can't trade him, there's no way you're going to cut him because A, you don't know if Trey Lance can go out there and perform. And B, what if Trey Lance gets hurt? We know he's a mobile quarterback. He likes contact. He's a big body. He goes out there. He runs 20 yards downfield, gets popped. You don't know if you're going to need Jimmy G. So I feel like San Francisco might end up keeping him around. I feel like San Francisco is also that team where like they're they're not scared to keep someone if like if they really like look at Debo, the Debo situation. Yeah. They've they're made not, it. Yeah. 
they've made it very apparent that they're not even looking at any other receivers. Like if you even just look at their draft, they didn't, you know, really address it at all. Like it's just One they are dead is, set on keeping it. I could easily see Shanahan playing him at like a 50-50 rate and him just being like, okay. Rolling with the hot hand? Yeah, see, like I mean, I could seriously see him doing that like the entirety of a season. The funny thing is, is I honestly could see that as well, Jackson. And I hate two quarterback systems because I feel like, number one, it's a great way to lose the locker room. And I feel like, number two, whenever you do that, you never establish a very good rhythm. Now, in college, it can work because we saw the Florida Gators years back win a national championship that way. We've seen other teams have tremendous success. But when you get to the NFL, I don't think a two-quarterback system is the way to go. However, it's Shanahan, and we know that Shanahan thinks a little bit outside the box. He's a little bit unorthodox. We even saw it last year at times with Trey Lance coming in situationally, two score touchdowns in the red zone. Now, that's fine. If you if you have a fourth and two, fourth and goal from the two, third and goal from the two, whatever, you put in Trey Lance, he's better in that situation. I think that's great. But uh, I don't know. I feel like you either have to really commit to one or the other overall, and I feel like it will probably end up being um, Trey Lance. I think Lance will end the season as the starter, no doubt. I, see, I, I, just... I see it more likely that Jimmy starts or Jimmy ends the season. Like I could see him try. I just I, I can see Jimmy starting Trey off. Last year. Like, I didn't I buy see... into Trey last year at all. See, Trey will Trey was my like favorite quarterback outside of T Law last year in the draft. So this might be a soft spot for me, but I seriously think I mean they wouldn't give up all that draft capital just to start a quarterback who's really I mean, he's like you say, he's led them, but it's kind of been a difficult path. It's been a lot harder than they would like to have it be. And I mean, they have to give Trey Lance an opportunity at some point. And this might be apologies. I didn't realize he had a soft spot in your heart for Trey Lance, but I will say uh, slight bias. I'll say. I mean, a lot of it is injury. Like I understand. Like you can tell, there's definitely a limit, a definite limit to his play. But like even that loss last year wasn't specifically on him. Like, this, no, I agree. It might be kind of crazy to say, but in my opinion, I think going forward, Mac Jones. If I had to pick, just say right now, of the of the five quarterbacks that went last year, I think Mac Jones is going to have the best career just because he has a good situation. He had the by far the best Does start. He? I don't know if he does anymore. No. The only reason I say the best situation is because he has already come in and performed. Now, I know that the New England – I know because Bill Belichick can't draft anymore. We have to address that right now. Because, honestly, looking at his last five or so draft class, there's been some hits, but there's been far more misses. And, honestly, this draft was like a D or a D plus. It was very bad. It was the worst in the NFL. Lucky I'm not giving it an F. You might have to old yeller, Bill. That's tough. But let me no, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm gonna be honest. Very tough. Fire him, maybe. I don't know. It's the same thing with the Steelers. It's the same thing with the Packers. Whenever you're with an organization that is committed to winning, because with Belichick or without Belichick, they're still owned by Robert Kraft. They're still the New England Patriots. And Mac Jones is with a team with a decent offensive line. Not the best weapons, but we saw him ball out last year without the best weapons. So he can still go in and perform, and he already had a great rookie year. So it's not like he's going in there struggling, not really knowing what you're going to get. He's going to continue to perform at the same level, if not better, but it's only to get him more help. 
My take is I would take Trey Lance right now to have a better career than Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields because obviously San Francisco is an organization dedicated to winning. They have great weapons there. They have a good offensive line. They have a good running game. And Trey Lance is an overall more talented player than Fields and Trevor, in my opinion. I feel like his physical capabilities are, are Josh Allen-esque. And I feel like with that right team around him, because think about Josh. I mean, Josh arguably right now is the best quarterback in the NFL. It's either him, it's either Patrick, him, or Justin Herbert, in my opinion. But when we look at it objectively, we can say, okay, and Aaron Rodgers got to throw him in there. But when we look at it objectively, part of the reason that Josh Allen ended up being the great quarterback that he is is because of Buffalo. They developed him perfectly. They had the perfect system in place, the perfect head coach in place. McDermott is one of the best in the NFL it was the perfect situation for him to step into a raw, unpolished player and grow. And I feel the same way with Trey in San Francisco. I think that is the perfect team for him to step up and get going. So I think looking at the landscape of second-year quarterbacks, I think Trey, Trey Lance is probably that guy. Besides Mac, Trey Lance is that guy because Justin well, Fields is in the worst situation in the NFL, unfortunately. Here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. First of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a hot – this might be my hottest take I've had on the show. Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. In terms of your comment, I would have agreed last year, but let's pump the bre- let's pump the brakes on the Josh Allen as the best quarterback in the NFL conversation. I want to see him perform without Dable. If he goes out there for two or three weeks and does great, that's good. But he lost his offensive coordinator this year. Mm, that's a good point. And I'm interested to see. Because I thought that was probably – like, the Giants have had a hell of an offseason, and I think that was their best acquisition was Dable. Yeah. So, um, I just want to see how he performs without Dable. After that, great. We'll, we'll, you know, after that, we'll see what he's about. I'll, I'll jump on board. Um, see, secondly, I would also – I'm going to – I don't think you can throw Herbert in there and not throw Joe Burrow, which I know you're going to have issues with that, but that's just my take. And also – I'm, I ain't done. All to right, continue on the rookie situation, uh, if he can go out and perform, I think um, – well, God, now I can't think of his name, dude. God. The Mormon in New York, bro. Zach, <laughs> Zach Wilson. Wilson. Zach Wilson. Dude, I think, Zach, I think the Jets could be our surprise team of the year. Arguably had one of the be- – arguably had the best draft. I think I, I'm sold on Saul. I think he's a great coach. I just I'm I, I, I'm digging the future. You know, I can honestly see it, and I want to comment on your point real quick. I do see what you're saying with Josh Allen. I mean, obviously, he still has a lot to prove. I mean, he is one of the top three, top four quarterbacks in the league. I mean, honestly, Aaron Rodgers probably deserves the number one crown right now just because of what he's accomplished the last two years. I mean, even though his team has lost, he's been objectively the best quarterback. Now, I had this take on my my radio show the other day, and there were some people that had a big issue with it. And I don't know if I've ran it by you or not. But say the NFL worked like Madden or a video game or a fantasy draft where every single player was released from their team, all the names were thrown in a hat, and every team got to draft from a pool of the entire NFL. So, say picking number one, if you're Jacksonville or Detroit or whatever team has the number one pick, you can choose Mahomes, you can choose Josh Allen, Rodgers, any, any players you want. Not even a quarterback. You could go Aaron Donald, whatever. 
if I had the first overall pick and I p- got to pick from every single NFL player, I think I would go with Justin Herbert. Because when I look at every single quarterback in this league, I think that Justin Herbert has the best overall talent and capability to be the best player. Because as much as I like Josh Allen, the best arm in the NFL, I think Justin Herbert's zip. But here's the thing. I think Justin Herbert's overall zip on the ball, his deep accuracy, his accuracy between the 20s, 10, 15 yards downfield is the most consistent with the arm strength in the NFL. I think his pocket presence is there. He has the height. He has the mobility. Overall, I think his information processing is on another level. I think as good as Josh Allen is as an athlete, I think Justin Herbert at his highest potential will usurp him i think herbert overall is the best because when you think about it mahomes is great and i'm not saying he's not but looking at his first two seasons it can be argued that justin herbert outperformed mahomes and look at what mahomes has against what josh josh herbert i'm sorry in his first two seasons in his first two seasons uh, a super bowl and an mvp but but justin herbert outperformed him pure no but not i'm not saying (laughs) no what I'm saying is pure <laughs> not not talking about team accomplishments. His oh, and MVP was yeah, comparative yeah, to what they both had on offense. Because think about it, Mahomes as great as he is was put with Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Keenan Hill. Allen. Oh no, but look Austin at Eckler. look at but look at the defenses that he has had. He has had bottom bottom five defenses in both seasons he's played. One Patrick of the seasons. Okay. defenses so stink too. Dude, the year he won the Super Bowl, they were on, they had improved a lot defensively and were still the 18th best defense. All I'm saying. You, no, keep saying, but I'm telling you, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said. That I would you take. Have, that I would it's take really forever. dumb. We're getting, oh I don't God. know. I didn't know if we're getting to the, like this Patrick Mahomes is so great fatigue. That like most fantastic you guys that you, I'm saying the fact that you're telling me a guy who missed the playoffs both years had a better first two seasons. No, I never said he had a better first two seasons. Yes, I'm you he's did. On the same level. No, as a guy who won MVP and then a Super Bowl and Super Bowl Doing MVP like in his first touchdowns. two years. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is this. Okay. Looking at Mahomes' second season, now his first season, obviously, the 15 touchdowns, the 12, the MV, 12 picks, the MVP, all that was great. Second season, 26 touchdowns, five picks. That he was, was great. hurt. He was hurt. He was hurt. Okay, he was hurt for a couple games. Cry he me a missed river. like three. Looking at Justin Herbert's first two seasons in the NFL, let me it's just read you these stats. Hey, no, listen. Well, let me read you his first, his first two seasons, okay? 66% completion. 9,400 yards, 69 touchdowns, and 25 picks with a 98 quarterback rating. Okay, that's his first two seasons on a Chargers team with two different head coaches. That's first of all, because his first his first coach there could not coach to save his life. Okay, okay? Andy, Andy Lynn was a good Andy coach. Andy Lynn was not a good coach. I think I'm he's sorry. a good coach. <laughs> you think he's a good coach? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the one thing we do fine. is we, we also forget – Two years before that, they were 13-3. and A lot can change in a short amount of time. Well, I'm also saying it's not like they were getting blown out. They were losing close games. So you just stunk in situations. Yeah, just certain situations. Like situational football went out the window whenever they were in it. And, you know, we can't act like Brandon Staley was a vast improvement. I mean, God bless. 
All I'm saying is the Chargers finished last year with the 26th ranked defense, a mediocre offensive line. I mean, they, they performed a little bit better last year. They did pretty well. They're building that better. But I feel like with what he's had to work with over – he's had two incredible seasons. He has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the NFL. Now, I will admit, obviously, accomplishment-wise, Mahomes had the first best first two seasons anyone's ever had. But at the end of the day, looking at the stats, looking at the numbers, looking at what Herbert has done, it's on the same level. It's comparable what he's been able to accomplish. Now, does that mean he's better than Mahomes right now? No, that remains to be seen. I don't know. I no, think he's, he's be not. That, that's that's dumb, Brendan. That's dumb. I guarantee. Like, there's not even there's not even a basis to that argument. I get he had a great two years, but it's like you completely forgot what Mahomes did those first two years. There was See, no one in the not, league like him. It's there, not that we Mahomes have never did. seen, and we will never see another two season stretch like that. I would give Mahomes the edge right now, but I do think it's very close. Like, I think what Herbert well, the, has been I, able I to do. I look, going forward, I could, Herbert could. I don't think he will, but he could be better. But here's what I'm saying. Do, do, do you even saying those two years are on the same level is just, I, man, I don't know what you were trying to do with that one. <laughs> that was insane. And you, yeah. and, like, Mahomes was hurt for three of those games, and he still ended up with more touchdowns than Herbert had. And Herbert only missed one game before they uh, stabbed Tyrod. All I'm saying is when we look at the totality of first of their both first two years, obviously Mahomes accomplished more. Obviously Mahomes' numbers Played were a tick better. better but way better. What, I wouldn't say way better because a they're very comparable The season was one of the best seasons we've ever seen from a quarterback. Justin Herbert is really good. He did not like blow me out of the water like Mahomes did in his first season. Like disregard the, no, second, the first season. Mahomes, I agree. Mahomes' first season is better than Justin Herbert's two seasons in totality. I don't care. But but so looking watching the and game, you can say second season. Mahomes' second season, he was probably a little more efficient. He just was hurt for a good portion of the games. Well, he was only hit for two. He played in 14 games. He was only, he was only out the, for his entirety in two games. Now, he did get hurt in one game about halfway through, so that doesn't really count. But still, he only missed about two and a half games in total in that season. And he threw for 4,000 yards, which is still very impressive. My only point is this. Mahomes sat his first, his first season, played okay, in the last game the in Week here's 17. The here's the how, much did, how much did Herbert th- throw last season? How many pass attempts? How many yards? Last season, he had 5,000. Okay. 4,800. And, and okay. Herbert had more touchdowns. Listen, listen. No, 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 no. Compare him to the second season. So, in his second season where he missed two – we'll give him we'll, – we'll just say I'll give you the edge two games. Okay. He had how many so yards? He had 4,000. On the dot? On the uh, It was 4,031. Okay. So, he so probably would have had 4,600, 4,500. Well, keep in mind there were 17 games last year. That's a fair point. So you add in those three games. He, you're telling me he couldn't have got 260 yards in three games. He averaged three, 260 yards back then. See, my only argument for this. Now, <laughs> now listen, we're going to get on to more drafts up here in a minute, I promise, folks. But my only argument for this is this. Mahomes, as great as he is, has all – and we saw this last year because remember the first half of the season last year, Mahomes did struggle. They got it together. But 
he has an over-reliance on the home run. They have a great offense. Andy Reid is an offensive mastermind, but without Tyreek Hill there now, I mean, obviously they did get Sky Moore. I like that pick for them. But I think Herbert, in the offense he's had to run the last two years, going in his first season season as a fresh rookie, throwing 4,400 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 picks, only 15 games. The next year having 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns with two different head coaches. Obviously, their their coach now has a long way to go. I believe in him. I think he'll be decent. I think they've had a great offseason. I just think with what Herbert's been able to do his first two years, what I've seen in growth, what I've seen in accuracy, downfield, he's a little bit more consistent because when we look at his performance against the Raiders, a game that they lost, he had wasn't it six, seven, eight straight completions down the stretch with, on fourth down, leading them down the field, getting them into field goal range, getting them touchdown, like getting them putting points on the board, pushing the Raiders to the brink. I just feel like personally what Herbert has been able to show in two seasons, I would take him over anyone else. And and him and Allen are close. And then I'd put Mahomes third on that little echelon if I had to draft. Because for me, my, as great as Mahomes is. I feel like Josh Allen did outplay him a little bit in that game that the Chiefs won. I thought Josh Allen had a little bit more of a wow factor. And that shootout in the playoffs between the Chiefs and the Bills, as great as Mahomes was, Josh Allen was out there making people's jaws drop straight to the floor. Some of those throws he had were just unbelievable. It reminded me a lot of Herbert's performance against the Raiders, where he put the team on his back, carried them all the way, but the defense yeah, fell apart. Is, listen, I'm, I'm already having this feeling inside me. And uh, – and I don't want you to make me hate Justin Herbert. So I'm just going to go on and say, like, I'm not arguing Justin Herbert isn't good. Justin Herbert's incredible. Like, and easily could be the best quarterback in the next two or three years. I'm not saying he couldn't be. But I'm saying that, saying that he's had a better track record than Mahomes. Oh, not a better track record. I think not, not a better track record. I, I was just saying, like, Mahomes had the best two seasons ever, but I think – or, like, best, best first two seasons ever, but I think Herbert is at least comparable. He's on that echelon just because of what he had to do with a lot different – with a lot – I wouldn't say a, a situation that was terrible, but a situation yeah, that wasn't it's, great. It's been, like, it's been like you're making it sound like they're the Jaguars and they have all this turmoil. Yeah. I, I think the char- Chargers are a good organization. Like, they're not a dumpster fire. Like, yeah, they had a HUD coaching change, but a lot of teams go through that. Obviously, Mahomes hasn't had to deal with that, but, you know, it's not like he's a, he's an NFL player. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's not rocket science to him. He's, he, he's really good at football. He can, under like, understand changes like that. And I, I'm, like, I'm with Jackson here. I was like, I love I loved Herbert coming out of college. I have, I have, I have his jersey. Like, I mean – I just think Justin Herbert is closer to Josh Allen than he is Patrick Mahomes. I just, you you think Mahomes is so better than Allen? Yeah, yes. he's it's not one of those. I I would I would rather watch Josh Allen now, and I'm I might take him on my team, but it's one of those like Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. Like I just, I think it's like we like it's one of those he probably could win the MVP every year if he wanted to. But we're not going to do that, like as a media or anything. Like, people aren't going to vote. Know, it's one of those thing, like you're forgetting Burrow. I'm not forgetting Burrow. Uh, you are. Personally, I'm not that impressed with Burrow. I think he's a top ten quarterback, <laughs> but no. I mean, look at the weapons he has. I mean, Jesus, literally any top the fifteen quarterback with thing, his weapons. Look at the weapon. 
you say Justin Herbert has weapons too. Justin yeah. Herbert's weapons the four guys are we're not talking about like, have great weapons. No, Mike look, Williams just got paid. Keenan Allen just got paid. No, those, those are great receivers. Austin Eckler is great, but what just and their tight Joe ends Burrow that, has? I would take their tight end over uh, Cincinnati's tight end. And Azula the offensive line. Azula, I mean, the offensive line is better. I'll give you that. But I mean, thinking about here's my thing with Burrow. Burrow's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But when you got Jamar Chase. You got Tyler Boyd. You got T. Higgins. Okay. You have a team right there with a great running attack. You have two deep because Samaj P. Ryan can spell. No, uh, he sucks. Samaj P. Ryan is sorry. Do you he had that one long touchdown last year. He had that one long touchdown. Do not. I will. I will not lie. He stinks. He should okay, not be listen, their second running. Listen, back. that's fine. That's great. He's their second, but I would take Justin Jackson over him. I'm okay. That's yes. fair. I'm, I'm taking a number of I'm out of all the running backs we're talking about. Maybe Buffalo is the only one that doesn't have better running backs. But the only thing that kind of frustrates me with Burrow, I'm not going to lie, is his playoff run. It was oh my good, God, here it comes. but being real, the defense was the reason they got to the Super Bowl, not him, not the offense, because the reason they won that Kansas City game, the defense, that secondary took over. Okay. Burrow, he played well in the playoffs, but it wasn't this incredible playoff run where he put the team on his back like the media would leave you to believe. See, now, here's the deal, Brendan. You don't like or appreciate gutsy football. That's your issue. You grew up watching Alabama, and you know, we and Alabama's the gutsiest it gets. Oh God. Oh yeah, the gutsiest. Yeah, the gutsiest. The dude hey, got sacked. Hey, the 40. dude got sacked ten times. And still won a playoff game. And a game you don't do that by being mediocre. You wonder why. You wonder why. Most guys would fold under the pressure, and the game would have been over, and the Titans would have won. He just kept going. And but here's the thing: I'm not okay. I'm not saying that that he's a bad quarterback. He's obviously a top ten quarterback. He's very good. That was a he had a really good gutsy performance in that game. But what I'm saying is the totality of his playoff run. He wasn't like a superstar. That's my only thing. Like people are putting him on on that. He's on the level they are, without a doubt. You think he's on the level of like Herbert and Mahomes and Allen and Rogers? I think he's on. I think he's on the Allen Herbert level. I, I mean, I guess if you want to say accomplishment wise, I just feel like Stafford they're... in that. I'm throwing Stafford in that list as well. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I I like Stafford. I just feel like he played pretty poorly in that Super Bowl. Besides the last drive, I mean, honestly, he was selling a lot, and I like Stafford. I'm happy they won, but that was definitely one of those. He came through at the right time because no one's going to remember that he actually did kind of play poorly in that game. And I'm not I hating think, on him. I think you have your tiers. Like you have your your Rogers, Mahomes. Oh wow, you're putting Rogers up there, the number one Rogers hater in the world. <laughs> yeah, he's just still there. I mean, he's not going to accomplish anything, but like regular season, he's great. Yeah. And then you know, I would I would honestly put Stafford around that. And then you have your Allen. Your uh, your Allen, your Burrow, your Herbert, and you know those guys. Then you get down to like your Tannehill. Actually, I would put Cousins and Carr above Tannehill. Your Cousins and Carr area, and then you get down, you know, to the younger guys, and then you get down to like your Kyler Murray's, and you just have whoa, your, like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Are you telling me that Kyler Murray is on a low tier? 
No, dude. Kyle is about to prove the whole world wrong this year. Here's my thing. Yeah, he's going to transition <laughs> to baseball halfway through. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Here's my thing, man. Like, honestly, I'm not hating on Burrow at all. I think he is a spectacular quarterback. I really do. I think <laughs> that Burrow is a top 10 quarterback. He's going to be a perennial great quarterback. I have, no, I have really nothing against him. He's very good. But my only no, thing is nothing against. Well, I mean, obviously, he's a rival. Dude, you have something against him. Here, but yeah, here's the thing: you, I know you too well to know you definitely have an underlying hatred for Burrow. <sighs> I wouldn't even say I hate he Burrow. Beat Alabama. He then... beat Alabama, and now he's on a divisional <laughs> uh, rival. Honestly, though, like the year that they beat us, we came back and we're like, I, I, I have a little bit more hatred for obviously. Um, Deshaun Watson, just because he's a Brown. I hate the Browns more than the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals are eh. Like, I mean, they're they're our rival, but everyone really knows. Steeler Nation really knows that we're more Browns and Ravens rivals. Like, we hate those teams. The Bengals, they're the Bengals. Like, they're 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 irrelevant. You know, like even the even yeah, they they good. played in the Super Bowl, but they're irrelevant. Hey, I mean, think about teams in the past that have played the Super Bowl. Think about the Panthers. Are the they've Panthers been, relevant? They've been way more relevant than the Browns have been over the past twenty years. See, yes, but the Browns are still the Browns. Like they still like Steeler fans okay, know when we're hey that that's actually a good callback. <laughs> but when we're playing the Browns, people take it more seriously. The Bengals are the Bengals. Like even now, they're really good, but they're still Cincinnati. Like nobody's really see. Like, but here's my thing. It. Like, and I know I'm not like in the fan base, but like I remember more like. Pittsburgh Cincinnati games, especially around the mid to oh, yeah. 2010s. Like the 2015 game, the violent game where they dude, beat. there was like two or three in a row, and then that <laughs> wild card game that Jeremy Hill fumbled. Like I remember so many of those, but like I don't remember a single. Like I was excited to watch those games. I could have cared less when the Pitts when the Steelers played the Browns. That's fair. I mean, honestly, though, going back to Burrow, like I say, he's top 10. I just feel like last year's performance overall, like it was good. I just feel like he's getting a little bit too much of a boost based off the one Super Bowl run. And I think this year is going to be a big indicator on, hey, is he actually that elite or is he just a top 10 quarterback, which is very elite. But I'm saying that tier of Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, which to me, those four are on. I think we're forgetting about Russell Wilson as well. I mean, I know you guys hate Russell Wilson, but objectively, he's still a very good quarterback. And now he's in a situation where I feel like he can prove himself. Because being a Hall of Fame quarterback, he still has a lot to prove. Yeah, he didn't have nothing with DK and Tyler Lockett. <laughs> but we got to transition to the draft a little bit because this is the draft recap show. And talk about how our teams did. Now, obviously, we all know Lucas's Falcons. They took Drake London in the first round. Had some mixed reactions from some fans because most mock drafts had him getting Garrett Wilson or Jamison Williams. But they took the pivot, drafted Drake London, the 6'4 receiver out of USC. He has comparisons to Devontae Adams and Mike Evans, but a lot of people are worried about some separation issues. We know what Jackson's Cardinals did. They mm-hmm. traded their first-round pick for Marquise Brown, Hollywood himself, out of Baltimore, which was a great move for the Ravens. I hate to say it. They got draft capital. They had a phenomenal draft. But Lamar doesn't have any receivers now, which doesn't really matter when it's Lamar, you know, running back, playing quarterback. He's probably going to run half the time anyway. But that might be what stops them from being an elite team. My Steelers, you know, we took our quarterback of the future. Mr. Kenny Pickett, Mr. Fake Slide, Mr. Third in the Heisman. The man himself, 
But I got to start with you, Lucas. What did you think about the Falcons draft? What do you grade it? And what do you think it means for the future of the Atlanta Falcons? So, like you said, a lot of very mixed reactions on Drake London. But I honestly was pretty happy with it because I had Drake London. There's like this. It was weird. The five guys, like the five wide receivers, I felt like all kind of graded around the same. It was just like, what do you prefer? And I think Drake London's thing was being a contested catch guy. And I think he is the best in this class at that. And Arthur Smith likes, you know, pretty tall receivers, big physical receivers. And Drake London is probably the the being that guy. And I think he, you know, the Devontae Adams comparisons are interesting. And I don't think he'll get to that peak because that's such an unbelievable peak. But I think it's like the mix of like how big he is and like, his route running ability because he, you know, when you look at the like numbers and everything, he's really able to run almost any route in the book, despite being, you know, six, four, two fifteen, And, you know, that's really rare for a guy. And I think he also is really good after the catch. And it's one of those, I don't think this, I think the separation issues are real. Like, I don't think he's, he's not burning people like Tyree kill or Jamison Williams, you know, guys of that status. But, you know, route runners like him, if they just do one move outside, go back in, and they can get a little bit of separation. I think Drake London can do that. I think it's a lot of scheme stuff can get him open. Kyle Pitts should, you know, draw attention too. So I don't think any of those concerns are really that big for me. I, I really like the pick. I'm glad they got an edge in the second round. And Desmond Ritter is probably the, the obviously the most notable name because he is a quarterback. And, you know, there were talks like, you know, they could just not take a quarterback, just address a lot of needs and just tank for next year and go get one of those top guys next year. But I appreciate that they did wait until the third round to get Desmond Ritter, you know, him falling that far. Because I've been saying Desmond Ritter probably is the best fit for the Falcons, just the way they run the offense and his mobility and everything, I think is a really good fit. And I don't know if Desmond be that guy i don't know what his ceiling is but i think he has a pretty good floor at least and i think he should you know i think he'll get an opportunity this year at some point i don't know if he'll start the year off but i really do like that that pick's probably my favorite just because i think the value of it's great and like i said they they dressed another edge needs they got a running back they got linemen you know, I, I I think they did a really solid job. I'd give them a B minus because I think some of the guys are still like raw talents and they I don't know if they'll get a lot of playing time this year, despite them being bad. But you know, overall I'm pretty I'm impressed with this draft way more than I was last year. Because really? last year was a lot of projects outside of Kyle Pitts, it was a lot of projects. and really they didn't see the field a whole ton. And some of them already look like bust really or you know, not NFL players. But a lot of these guys I can see at least, you know, getting a, a fair shot here to try and, like, make an impact, especially the edge rushers. I think, you know, we're desperate for them. We've been desperate since John Abraham in the early 2010s. Yeah. So I think those picks will, could pay off this year. And, you know, I, I just – I really I, – it's weird to say I'm happy with the Falcons because this offseason has been awful outside of this. But I, I really am. I really think they did a really solid job drafting. Jackson, you're up with the Cardinals. It's not my favorite team anymore. 
<laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, it was fine, I guess. I didn't hate the Marquise trade. It keeps Kyler happy. Um, we got a third-round pick out of it, too. Like, it wasn't just, like, a straight-up one. Um, so, I'm not mad at it. You know, it's just been a whirlwind of days. I didn't love our tight end we drafted. I didn't really see the point of it, but apparently we're changing our offense up completely. Um, we made some solid late-round picks. Other than the cornerback we took, I don't know why we did that. That was the dumbest thing ever. It seemed like a charity pick. And then D-Hop suspended six games for taking Beaver Tranquilizer. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think them trading for Marquise Brown had, like, it was D-Hop suspended It was a failed that. drug test in November. Why was he allowed to play the remainder of the season? Yeah, that's bizarre to me. I don't, I don't, I don't understand, understand how, that, how this just yeah, comes out that he fell in November. Because they could have protected him from getting hurt last year, you know? So, who knows, man? I, I don't know. I'd be lying if I told you I really cared. I'm so – I dude, I still ain't recovered from the L.A. game. Yeah, I'm just ready LA. for the season to start. Like, dude, even when we were going 3-13, and 13, I was like, ah, yeah. But now I'm like, God, who cares? See, yeah. <laughs> that's tough. I think when you're the Cardinals, honestly – you have a really weird season coming up because half the NFL world thinks, oh, the Cardinals will be good. Then half the NFL world thinks, man, the Cardinals are going to stink. Yeah, I can tell you which one's going to be right. <laughs> Is this a little bit of reverse psychology, you being so No, dude, I so know. Negative? Like, I just know. I've spent the last – dude, every single year outside of Rosen and Kyler's rookie season, I thought we were going to go to the playoffs. Since, like, 2015. This was the first year we actually did. And, like, going into the playoffs, I was like, hey, you know, if we can get past L.A., we can make some noise. And then, you know, it just didn't work out that way. And Mm. I'm just so over the Cliff experiment. I'm so over Steve Kahn. And then we're like, hey, we're going to have them till 2027. Dude, I'm going to be 29 again before my team has a chance to win a – Championship. You know how that makes me feel? I'm going to be 29. Do you it's think just atrocious. Do I'm you, hoping we're bad enough they just clean house. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do you think if you do go 4 and 13 or 5 and 12 that they will clean house? Like, do you think that would be the bar, failure? Dude, that'll... blow it up. <laughs> I think the issue is, is I feel like you guys just have just enough talent and Kyler's just to where – you will hover around 500 and maybe in like the in in the hunt graphic on the playoff thing where like you might be in for another year of it which really sucks for you but like i don't really see a scenario where this goes differently because they did just make the playoffs that's still fired cliff all but right i actually know what i'm doing you guys might get a little little upset when I'm talking about the Steelers, because you know it's going to be a little bit long. You know it's going to be a little bit colorful. Oh, my God. But I'm going to be honest. Colors? I think the Steelers had a top six to seven draft of any team in the NFL. I think that we hit on major needs. Now, there are a lot of fans that are saying no tackle and no cornerback. Well, honestly, we address those needs in free agency. So if you pay attention, you know that we signed – 
two starters to the offensive line. We have a new tackle and we have we have a new um, center. Daniels is going to come in. He's going to do great. Mason Cole, I believe in him. Combine the only Dude, he's five... awful. Mason Cole? Yeah. He's only allowed two sacks in his last 500 snaps. Trust me, he's one of the worst players in the NFL. No, let me no. tell you this. You remember when some of my buddies uh, on Twitter found that player's mom and they yeah. sent videos of them murdering someone and said, this is what we're going to do to your son? <laughs> what? I had There were some friends I had on Twitter. It was like some like terrorist stuff. And it was like people shooting. Well, they found this player's mom and tagged her in all the posts, said, this is what we're going to do to Mason. It was Mason Cole and his mother. Oh, That's God. how bad of a player he is, dude. Hey, was. He had a good season last year. That's all I'm saying. He was a very good acquisition. Now, like, look. we traded him for a seventh-round pick, and I was like, dang, I can't believe we got that. But, <laughs> not going to lie, he was much better in Minnesota than he was in Arizona. So, I mean, you got to give him that. That's number one. Okay. Once they leave Arizona, I forget they exist. Fair. But number two, a lot of people thought it was going to be Malik. I thought it was going to be Malik. But I'm going to be honest. When we, when we drafted Kenny, I had some mixed feelings, you know, because at first I said, you know what? He's a Pittsburgh guy. If you don't know, Pitt plays at Heinz Field, the same exact stadium the Steelers play, and their facilities are right next door. When you show up, Pitt's facility is to the right. Steelers' facility is to the left. They always go through the same door, and you either take a left or a right. Kenny, for five years, walked in that door and took a right, and he even said he always looked to the left and envisioned himself as a Steeler. He had a personal relationship. Well, he had a personal relationship with Mike Tomlin, with the team. They had a close eye on him all those years. Now, I know for those first four years that Kenny didn't do anything special, but in his fifth year, he had a Joe Burrow-like ascension, 42 touchdowns, third in the Heisman race. He lit up Clemson, one of the best defenses in the country last year, lit up Tennessee. Now, I know Tennessee's not an elite defense, but it is an SEC opponent. He went against a lot of good teams playing at Pitt. I mean, the past defenses weren't the best, but playing in a major conference, having a huge season like that, putting a team like Pitt on his back, a pro-level offense, mind you, a pro-style offense that features – a lot of reads, okay? He's going through his first, second, and third check down, okay? He is looking downfield, going through his progressions, reading defenses, running the type of offense that he will run in Pittsburgh because he was able to be mobile. You know, he would run the ball four or five times a game. We know where the fake slide comes from. He's Kenny Pickett. I mean, he has 4'7 speed. He's 6'3", 220. He has the size. Now, I know the hand size is an issue, eight and a half inches, but thinking about it, it's not that big of a deal because he has, A, a double-jointed thumb, helps him grip the ball. He wears gloves. He's very accurate. I don't think the hand size is going to be that much of an issue. I understand why scouts had a little bit of a red flag because of that, but it's not the end of the world. But at the end of the day, Kenny Pickett is a quarterback who is going to be 24 before the season starts. He has that age. He has that experience. He knows Pittsburgh like the back of his hand. He knows Heinz Field like the back of his hand. He is a competitor. He's a great leader. He's tall. He's fast. He has swag. He has confidence. He has the demeanor you want. You know, he's got a little bit of Burrow, a little bit of Herber. There's a little bit of each quarterback in the NFL that I think he kind of he kind of personifies a little bit. He has a little bit of a homes when a plays breaks down. He's able to kind of get outside the pocket, make a little bit of magic happen. 
He's got a little bit. He reminds me the most of Derek Carr, honestly. I feel like he is another version of Derek Carr. Maybe he can be a slightly better version of Derek Carr. But if we drafted a slightly better version of Derek Carr, I feel like that's a home run. I feel like Kenny has the traits. He has the tools. He has the age, the experience. He ran a pro-style offense. He makes his reads. And he takes his checkdowns. That's what I meant to say earlier. One thing I love about Kenny is he doesn't force the issue. Now, there were times where he did it. But being a college quarterback and not forcing the issue, very Bryce Young-like, I have to say, is very impressive because it showed that he's going to have Najee Harris. He's going to have Deontay Johnson. They are going to be incredible in short yardage situations because Kenny is going to know I can check it off five yards. I can take my check down 10 yards down the field. And it's going to work because when you think about it, the Steelers are going to put a lot of quick weapons around Kenny. And that leads me to George Pickens, our second-round pick out of Georgia. He's a menace, and I love him. I think his energy is there. I think he is special. I mean, the way he was standing when he got drafted, the way that he looks, the way that he dresses, the way that he fights players, I love the intensity. A lot of fans are a little bit worried about his demeanor. I'm not, because I think George Pickens can flat-out ball. He only had two drops in his entire college career. He had a catch rate of 98.7%. That was the best in the country over the last three years of any wide receiver. He has hands. He's fast. He can run. He can catch. He can do everything. Calvin Austin in the fourth round. Sauce Gardner said that Calvin Austin was the hardest receiver he ever guarded in in college. This is a kid out of Memphis that runs a 4-3 has ran a sub-4-3 unofficially in the past. This is one of the fastest kids in the NFL already. He's going to shine. And DeMarvin Leal, the third-round pick out of Texas A&M, defensive lineman, the only reason he went in the third round is because he's undersized. If he bulks up, he can be a first-round talent because at the beginning of the college season, he was projected to go first round. He ended up being an All-American, but they said, oh, his size, you know, he, he lost maybe a little bit of weight over the year. He didn't gain any. He didn't add any mass. But in an NFL weight training program with the Steelers, I know he's going to add on 20, 30 pounds. He can be one of the most influential guys on our defense because he can stick inside. He can move to edge if he needs to. He can drop back if he needs to. He has enough talent to transition to a linebacker role, to an end role. He can play pretty much anywhere. He's a chess piece. And that's why I love DeMarvin Leal. I think overall the Steelers had an incredible draft. And I'm excited for the future because obviously Mitch is still there. He might end up starting. We don't know when we're going to see the receivers because obviously the Steelers still have Claypool and Deontay there, only leaving room for one other starter. Probably going to be Pickens. Calvin Austin will have his chance. But I'm really excited for the direction of the Steelers franchise. I feel like Kenny Pickett. It's probably going to be the guy, Um, you know, obviously he could still be a bust. I'm not saying, you know, he's going to be the next Joe Burrow or the next Justin Herbert, but I think he has the capability to be at his peak, the eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th best quarterback in the league. And if the Steelers get that out of him with an elite defense, with an elite coach, with elite overall organizational capabilities, I feel like that's a home run. Was there going to be any quarterback that they would have taken where you wouldn't have talked yourself into him? Because that really feels like with Kenny Pickett. Now, like Matt I said, Corral. I, I'm not okay. going to lie. Matt okay. Corral. Like, I mean, Ritter, I definitely would have. Malik, I would have. 
Kenny a little bit more than Ritter for me personally, just because I feel like he like I think I feel like Ritter fits the Falcons more. I feel like Kenny fits the Steelers more. And that's not even a regional thing. I just feel like their style of play. I think an Arthur Smith offense being ran by Ritter makes sense because he's very Ryan Tannehill-esque. And obviously Tannehill had great success with Arthur Smith. I think the same thing is going to continue with Desmond Ritter. But honestly, Malik, I would have because he has so much talent. I assume, oh, let Mitch start two years. But I'm not going to lie. After we drafted Kenny, I spent almost an entire day watching Kenny Pickett highlights, the good, the bad, reading about him. I did the same thing for Malik Willis. And the biggest problem with Malik, and I mean, this is obviously obvious, and everyone thinks about it. Everyone should have thought about it anyway. But this is an observation I made. Kenny gets outside the pocket a lot. And one of his knocks is that he gets outside of the pocket too much. He rolls out. He looks downfield. And that's great, but he needs to step up in the pocket sometimes more, read the defense traditionally, step into his throws. I understand that. But at the end of the day, when we're looking at Malik, he rolls out. If his first read's not there, he's running every single time. There is very rare instances of him in college rolling out and finding the open receiver. If he's rolling out and his first read's not there, if it's not a play action, he's going to take off running. Kenny, meanwhile, he rolls out. He's going first read, second read, third read. Then he's running. Unless it's a designed run or unless the offensive line completely breaks down, Kenny is going to run out to the side, outside the pocket, find his receiver downfield. Now, obviously, he had Jordan Addison last year, who's a top five receiver in college football. That's great. But Pitt didn't have the best offensive line. Pitt did not have the best weapons in general, but he made it work. He was very efficient, and he made the offense flow through him. Now, Matt Canada has been saying, Mike Tomlin has been saying, they need a mobile quarterback that can make his reads and throw downfield to make the offense work. So I feel like next year is the biggest year of Matt Canada's career because if it fails, it's on him because he has that quarterback now. He has a guy who is incredibly accurate, 10 to 20 yards downfield, which that wins Super Bowls. That's what Tom Brady is. Tom Brady's the most accurate quarterback 10 to 20 yards downfield besides Drew Brees and Peyton Manning maybe in NFL history. And that is exactly what wins in the NFL. It's great to be able to throw deep. Kenny can throw deep, but his bread and butter is that 10 to 20 yards downfield. And that's why I feel very confident in him as quarterback because we have enough speed to where it's kind of like Tua at Alabama. George Pickens runs a slant. Calvin Austin runs a slant. Hit him 15 yards downfield in stride. He's taking it to the house. Okay, I don't, I don't hate all that. I mean, that makes that makes sense to me. My issue with Kenny Pickett, and like I said, he was my he's my favorite quarterback in the like in the draft. My issue is like I don't know how high his ceiling is. And That's like fair. you said, you had him in the you had him in like if he's like in the what ten to twelve range. That's that would be a great pick, and it is. But you get to a point where that isn't good enough, and so. I think Malik Willis went about where he should have gone for what you saw on his film. I'm, I think Malik Willis should have gone higher, like just based on the need for quarterback. But on what we saw and what we have from Malik Willis, he went about where he should have gone. And I think Kenny Pickett, you know, I don't, but Malik Willis has the potential where he can be a top 10 quarterback if everything is if everything is like honed correctly. And I think in Tennessee where he can sit, I think that's a perfect situation for him. Where Kenny, I just I'm concerned about where he can go and like is he just going to like let's say he has a great rookie season, 
like let's say four thousand yards, twenty five touchdowns, and like seven picks. Will if that's like that's a pretty good season. But like absolutely. But is that gonna be it? Like, is that where, like, will he improve like ten touchdowns better than that? Like five interceptions less than that? Like five, like three hundred yards more than that? Like, can he just be better than a rookie quarterback, a really good rookie quarterback's production? And that's just my only concern with that. I could see that. I mean, that's definitely a valid criticism, and I do think the ceiling thing exists. But I would say no one really ever thought that Tom Brady would be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Aaron Rodgers was a late first-round pick, and although many people cited his talent, before he got the chance to start, no one really thought Aaron Rodgers would have been that guy. And obviously Aaron Rodgers has more talent than Kitty Pickett, but what I'm saying is when we've seen a guy be that elite that high level in college his last year he goes in with experience who knows what he could turn into because if he makes his reads as accurate downfield he can end up being a super bowl champion quarterback because we've seen nick Foles win a super bowl we've seen a decrepit peyton manning win a super bowl we've seen brad johnson win a super bowl we've seen trent dilfer win a super bowl we've seen a lot of quarterbacks that are probably and i'm not projecting because kenny could be a complete bust but those quarterbacks are all worse than what kenny is projected to be so I feel like if Kenny can go in there, and obviously Nick Foles had a great run, no disrespect to him, but overall getting there, I feel like Kenny Pickett can do that. Because, I mean, you think about it, you get into the playoffs, a lot of it's defense. Like that's like I said, that's the entire reason the, the Bengals were there. Their defense carried them in that playoffs. And I feel like if the Steelers have that, all they need is an efficient quarterback who doesn't make mistakes and can occasionally be that star player. So hopefully Kenny can be that. Thank you.